Hello and welcome to the More From Law podcast. I'm your host, Harry Clark. Today we're talking about networking, what it is, how you can do it and why it's so important. Today's episode aims to answer some of these questions and to give you some actionable advice that you can take with you to grow and expand your professional network. So let's get right into it. So it doesn't really matter what industry you're based in or whether you're sort of just starting out in your career or well underway with it. Um, everyone knows a little bit about networking and, you know, for students or junior lawyers, networking is an opportunity to learn more about the industry and to hear from some more seasoned legal professionals about what they do and how to get involved with their line of work. And then for partners and more senior staff, networking is vital for establishing those potential client relationships, bringing new business and sort of promoting both the firm and your own personal brand. And really for anyone, regardless of what level you're at, networking is great to get some new opportunities and to try new things that you simply wouldn't get if you didn't give it a go. And in all honesty, I can say that without it, I wouldn't have been able to start this podcast and be talking to you today. So I'm a real big personal believer in networking, and I think it's a really great skill and thing to practice and get involved with. It it honestly opens up a lot of new opportunities that you may or may not have been able to get beforehand if you've not really given it a go. Um, So when you think about what it is, I mean, my own kind of understanding of what networking was all about, and it was probably based on my own past experiences, was, you know, viewing it as a, a room full of you know, loads of people all wearing little white name tags, talking, drinking coffee, all sort of standing together in little huddles of groups. And in all honesty, it's quite a daunting, uh, you know, thought for some people. So for some, it's kind of a really daunting prospect, the idea that this is a room full of people and you don't know what you're doing. You might not have tried it before. You don't know anyone there. And especially if you're a law student, I think that really applies because you can be told the importance of networking and making sure that you kind of grow your network. But the first time you turn up and the fact you've never tried it before means it's quite a kind of daunting experience. Um, But I think in all honesty, it's quite it's quite important to realize that it's very easy to feel out of place and unsure as to how you approach this kind of situation. And it's actually important to realize that, you know, this element of networking, you know, in person at these big events with with all these little white name tags and people in a room is just a fraction of the kind of potential opportunities to grow your network. Um, I mean, given the increased use of technology now and social media like LinkedIn and Twitter and good old fashioned email, um, there really are so many different ways to network that go beyond just the conference room full of people with little white tags. Um, So I think there are a few kind of key several ways that you can get networking if you're not too open to the idea of using a big event um, and it's, it's honestly a great opportunity and a way to try and try something different um, even if you have networked in the past and you've kind of stuck to these in-person events um, you know getting into that digital space or trying out a new method is a really great way to meet new people and to interact with your industry in a way that you probably hadn't done before um, so you know just thinking about the main different types of networking there's obviously the in-person event like I've talked about and that's a great opportunity to speak with others and to get answers back in real time and to really kind of personalize your questions and to make sure that you get the response that you're looking for. Um, and generally, these these kind of events can be over a specialized topic. So, for instance, I've attended quite a few um, with the Society for Computers in Law because I'm really interested in legal tech and that sort of space. Um, whereas you might also have just the more generalized ones like law fairs. Um, or just any other kind of general networking event um, where the the scattering of people who are there can be a bit less focused, which, um, you know, has its pros and cons. You know, at the same time, you get to meet people who are completely outside your industry and you really get to get a breadth of understanding both from the client side and what it is that you're doing in terms of providing your goods or service. Um, But, you know, when there is that specialism, and it is a bit more narrowed, you obviously do get people who are um, really geared on a topic that you're also really interested in. And that can be a great opportunity to approach people one-to-one and to, to learn a bit more about whatever specific 
topic um, that you're interested in that has you both there to try and learn a bit more about that and their thoughts on that. So um, it's definitely trying to get a gauging of understanding as to whether or not this event is going to be really open or if there's going to be a bit more of a specialism to it because it, at the end of the day, it can, it can kind of change the way that you approach the networking. Um, but we'll get to more into that later when we figure out how the best way to go about networking really is. And then secondly, like I mentioned previously, there's this idea of digital networking. And the way I view it is that it kind of encompasses everything from that sort of cold call email um, that you get quite a lot in your inbox sometimes, um, asking for some kind of uh, mentoring or to, uh, to to talk with people and to, to ask for advice, um, right through to sites like LinkedIn and especially Twitter in the legal field, which are really, really great resources to meet new people and to um, interact with content, get some advice and to generally learn a bit more about the industry. So. And digital networking's really kind of come into its own over the last few years, I feel, especially in LinkedIn. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it places a greater emphasis on making sure that you've got that really healthy digital first impression. So what I mean by that is um, if you take LinkedIn as an example, um, your profile is essentially a landing pad for people to learn more about you and to see what you have to say and to see what your skills are and your kind of history and your experience and whatever. So um, making sure that that's up to scratch and that, um, you know, you've got that that really good, good looking, attractive kind of profile that's got all of the details and skills and everything about you in a short summary um, means that's a great way to find out, um, you know, what you're all about. And if people come to your profile looking to connect with you, then they know what you can offer and what you're looking for in return. So um, digital networking is really great because, you know, there's, there's plenty of uses as to how you can use it and how involved you want to get. So you may or may not have heard of the sort of 90-10-1 rule, um, which you hear a lot about in, in social media. Um, the general principle being that 90% of people who use um, a social media platform only view their content, 10% edit and kind of review it to some extent, and then it's 1% who actively create it. And, um, you know, again, there are pros and cons as to how you want to use that element of networking. If you want to be in that 1% creating new content, if you want to just be interacting with others, or if you're simply browsing through, you can derive some kind of value actually each of those and they're all slightly different types of networking as well. Um, it's then it's also to, to consider, especially if you're a law student, that there are some slightly more specialized versions of networking that you can try. So if you think about things like open days or insight schemes, these you know generally require some kind of application to do where you have to list your motivations for wanting to do the scheme, why you're interested in that firm. Uh, they are a lot more structured um, and a bit more closed off for want of a better word, um, compared to the kind of more general networking events like conferences and events. So if you're you know, daunted by the idea of walking into a room of people you don't know, insight schemes uh, and those sort of open days will generally give you some kind of structure to it and that they'll ask you to complete a certain task. They'll ask you to um, work with others. You'll get a chance to speak directly to trainees. And so um, there's a bit more of a, a guide, I guess, as to going through the day-to-day -day motions of whatever it is that you're doing versus the kind of open opportunity that a room full of people and little white tags provide. So um, definitely if you're a law student and you're, and you're just getting started out in uh, legal networking, open days and insight schemes are a great way to do it. And then finally, you kind of have that sort of general in-person networking. So things like meeting people for coffee um, and kind of speaking on the phone with mentors, trying to build up that really strong one-to-one -one relationship so that you can kind of have that person as a long-term contact for the future um, and kind of more informal versions of these. So, you know, it's a great way to get some direct feedback on an advice, especially if you can connect with someone who's really kind of a specialist in their field or that has an area of the industry that you're really, really interested in, it's a really great way to um, kind of have that ongoing relationship with them to be able to call on them in the future when you need it and hopefully get some referrals as well from them to other people. So um, 
essentially those are probably a few of the handful of the best the sort of networking tools that you can use. There are plenty of others, and that's by no means an exhaustive list, but that general split between um, you know in-person conferences, the digital networking space, the structured open days and insight schemes, and then just your kind of general everyday one-to-one networking are probably some of the main strata of, of networking that you can really get involved in, um, and I would argue are you know some of the most important ones to be having a look at if you're wanting to connect with others and to grow your professional network. But having said that, when it comes to trying to figure out what the best way to go about networking is, um, it's quite hard to do. Um, I mean, if I was going to answer that question, I'd have to start with the infamous legal caveat of it depends, um, because ultimately different forms of networking work best for different types of people. If you are really open and you're really confident and you're you're a real conversationalist and you really like to kind of um, get to know people um, quickly, those kind of in-person conference events are probably just for you because you'll be able to go up to your groups uh, of people, introduce yourself and to ask more about a topic and to, to try and kind of learn more about whatever it is that you're there to learn about and to ask some questions. Whereas if you feel you're slightly more introverted or you, you're still just a bit nervous about tr- trying to take that big step and do a, a huge room of events type thing, um, you know, the digital space is a great way to do it because at the end of the day, you can kind of do everything in your own time. Um, you can review what you say before you say it and post it online. And there's no real pressure, uh, immediate pressure to come up with something on the spot if someone asks you a question. So um, in terms of figuring out what the best way to network is, it's really dependent on your own situation. And you should try to review it as best you can before you start um, just blindly applying for open days or insight schemes or signing up to events. Um, and then it comes to the point of how, how do you utilize this networking event once you do turn up? And when you're actually there on the day, what's the best way to actually go about networking? So I think one thing that's really important to keep in mind um, when you're going through the event and the networking process is to ask yourself what you wanted to get out of it. Um, one of the biggest mistakes that I used to make um, is that I would kind of try to push for some kind of immediate return on whatever it is that I was doing. So what I meant by that is, for example, if I'm in a law fair, it's extremely rare for any kind of networking to lead to a direct job opportunity there and then. Um, but a common misconception, I feel, among students is that you need to ask a killer, never heard before question or some kind of amazing one-liner answer in order to impress who you're talking to. Uh, I know that because I used to do it. Um, in all honesty, uh, those kind of attempts will put too much pressure on yourself. And it's it's actually better to try and view the whole process as more of an informal chat with the person you're speaking to and to imagine you're simply getting coffee with them and to ask about what really interests you. That way you'll take a lot of the self-pressure off yourself to try and be impressive and if anything you actually will be more impressive because you won't be trying to think of that never heard for question or whatever it is and um, you know the firms that go to these events will have done loads of them and they'll know what some of the most common questions are and so you know any no question is a silly question so trying to think that someone else would have asked it before and that you're just going to blend into the crowd um, is you know kind of irrelevant because the purpose of you going to that event is to learn more about something for you as opposed to viewing it as the opportunity where you're going to get that direct job offer. Um, by all means, it's great to, to be confident and to be um, you know, alert and to be interested. Those characteristics completely outweigh trying to be clever or witty or make some one big impression. So um, the general best way to network, I feel, is to just try and appear alert and appear interested and to go at it from a real personal perspective of what it is you're trying to get out of it, rather than going for that kind of clear approach of a one-liner that, that's going to make that big difference when it comes to an application. In short, I think it's also great to try and think of how networking is uh, an opportunity to 
try to understand what it is that really interests you. So um, if you go through the networking process and you talk to someone and you don't really like it, um, that's in no way a bad thing. If anything, it's a good thing. It's really great to learn what you don't like as much as it is about what you do like because that saves yourself a lot of wasted time and uh, you know saves you going down that route of tr- having to go through applications and try something only to arrive on the day and go actually I really don't like this so um, networking and to try and also find what you don't like is also a really great attitude to have um, just because doing that really kind of helps broaden your horizons as to what you're looking at that you may not have considered before and in general is a, is a great way to learn a bit more about yourself and what you really do value and interest um, so, you know, two of the main points there, you know, networking doesn't transform a rejection candidate into an amazing acceptable one. And at the same time, you also need to be trying to network and try things that you may not have considered before in order to see if you do and don't like them before you go through that general application process of going down the rabbit hole of applications and, and really kind of investing time and effort into, into something like that. And one final tip uh, in terms of how to best go about networking and um, a really practical tip is to always always follow up so if you get any kind of email address you get any kind of point of contact from that event um, you know lawyers are busy people and you know they might not remember who you were a week two weeks whatever it is from now when you try to get back in touch with them so if someone gives you their email address make sure you follow up on it and you you get in contact the next day thanking them for their time asking whatever follow-up question you wanted to do or getting in place that coffee or that meeting or that phone call that that you talked about um, I've been on both sides of the desk at law fairs and networking events and the number of times that you hand out an email to someone and you hear nothing back or you do hear something back months later um, is sadly quite high and if you can take the initiative and be that one person who kind of stands out and says that you really want to follow up on something and to follow up on whatever point it was you were talking about you really help kind of stand yourself out from the crowd as someone who's being really proactive um, you know, if you take the fact that there are three candidates who've all applied for something and, you know, they all have kind of similar skills and experiences and they're trying to decide which one between the, between them are a good fit for the firm. If you've got that type of personal connection or you've got a, um, you, you know, a point of contact who's given you some insight into the firm or they've or that you've even, you know, made a good impression on the um, graduate recruitment team or whoever it is, the HR team themselves, given your alertness and your interestedness then you know, that might actually be the push you need to hopefully get onto that next stage of the application process. So um, it's kind of a balanced point in that networking will never give you the job offer, but it can certainly help give you a little push in the right direction in terms of meeting those who can give you advice on the process or hopefully building some kind of rapport with whatever person's going to be reading your application in the first place. In terms of sort of the digital space, which is where I try to perform a lot of my networking nowadays, um, deciding whether or not you want to kind of be proactive and content creating on LinkedIn um, is kind of your own personal choice. But for me, I, I think it's a great way to expand and meet others and to um, try your hand at something that you may not have given a go before. And you know, you may start off thinking that it's going to go in one direction, but in all, honestly, the more kind of you put into it and the more you try to interact with others you'll create opportunities that you could never have kind of um, thought about before and uh, I really feel that's been the case with me I started blogging and writing articles and content back in September and if you told me I'd be making my own podcast and meeting with people um, and you know speaking to people all around the world it, it, I never would have envisioned it 
And, um, you know, that's probably another a really good point to keep in mind when you're going through this whole networking process is to keep your, keep your eyes open and to react rather than try to preemptively predict where the networking is going to take you. Obviously, have an idea as to what it is you want to get out of it, but at the same time, be open enough to new experiences and meeting new things and trying new things that you actually get something really out of it. So, so far this episode, we've touched a lot on how law students and kind of younger legal professionals can try their hand at networking um, for a variety of different means. But there are still a number of ways I feel that um, more senior members of staff and uh, you know partners and the firms themselves can try their new ways to have their go at social media and networking. So um, you know platforms like LinkedIn and Twitter are obviously relatively new in the legal space. Um, they've kind of been around for quite a few years, but they've only really seen a resurgence in their kind of activity in their own little fields recently. And I think it's a great opportunity for firms and partners alike to establish a real strong brand and to have that as part of their ethos. Um, you know, if you can build some kind of following um, to the extent where you are one of the leading profiles or you are one of the leading people when it comes to um, your area of law, then when a client goes looking for you um, on the internet or they're asking around for recommendations, they've got that direct line of contact with you in terms of your digital digital profile. And it's a great way to um, put yourself out there in a way which can honestly reach beyond what you might be expecting. So I know in my own case that um, producing my blog and content and things like that, um, I do it primarily with a UK base of readership and I primarily gear it towards law students. That doesn't stop my profile from getting viewed from all around the world, places like Canada and India and Australia. And it only takes, you know, one person from one of those countries to give you an opportunity that is absolutely amazing and is completely beyond anything that you might have wanted to try before and that's that principle applies to clients and to trying new things that will that will bring in value and, and kind of bring in that new business uh, digital networking is a really great way to reach beyond what your local uh, reach might be in terms of your word of mouth or your kind of reputation and it's a great way to advertise yourself to the broader global legal market so quite a few people have asked me what's the best way to use LinkedIn or at least why do I use LinkedIn the way I do and how, what's my thought process behind doing that? Um, I think the the underlying kind of principle that you should have in mind whenever it is that you're using LinkedIn and you're thinking about making content and interacting with others is the idea of value. So understand who your kind of followers are, what it is that they find interesting and what questions it is that they want answered, not necessarily by you, but just in general, what kind of things do they do they want to know more about? And then it's simply a case of trying to make content and write articles or write blogs, produce podcasts, which will kind of link in with that, for want of a better word, link in with that interest and really connect with them. Um, if you focus on providing value to your current followers or to those who you're currently connected with, um, that in itself will be a great way to grow the network as opposed to focusing solely on you know getting your name out there and trying to connect with as many people as you can. Because... At the end of the day, that doesn't really do much to help develop what your personal brand is and what it is that you're going to be known for. And um, focusing on value and what you can provide absolutely does. So, um, you know, I'd say it's arguably better to take a somewhat specialized approach to what it is that you want to be um, known for or what it is that you really want to produce and keep it somewhat targeted to your readership. And um, because that way you'll kind of develop a pattern and people will go to you as, oh, they know this person is really great for X or Y or Z. Um, and then once you've got that base following down and you know that you can produce content that relates to one area or topic, you can then begin to uh, branch out, try new things, interact with other industries and kind of bring across these other topics into the into your content stream and to try new things as well. 
Another great tip for LinkedIn is to collaborate as much as you can. So, uh, you know, reach out to people who are creating content already or, um, or at least thinking about doing it and ask them for, you know, any kind of help, ask them for some kind of mentoring when it comes to how they approach their, their role in LinkedIn, or even ask to directly collaborate with them. So, you know, if they've got a podcast like this one, ask to reach out and appear as a guest or to um, get the, get you in contact with the person that you've just interviewed, um, or ask to feature on one of their blogs, um, offer to do some kind of small task that you feel will help give them some kind of value and a new idea and something interesting. And in all honesty, pitch yourself, try something um, you know that you think you'd be good at and, and give a kind of pitch to the person you're talking to as to what it is that you can bring to the table and how you want to help them um, that is a great way to get your name out there and to try new things as well and it also helps build your own uh, sort of profile up and introduce you to their network as well so absolutely engage with other people um, you know make sure you like and comment on posts and you kind of get really um, add some of your own value in the comment section um, because it's a great way to get your profile seen by their network um, and for you to get noticed by the person who's making it. So absolutely um, make sure you engage with others' content and to collaborate as much as you can where possible. So I thought I'd quickly address just a couple of misconceptions that people tend to have about LinkedIn and Twitter and using social media to network in this digital space, um, just because that's what I feel that I kind of engage most with and it's also um, what I tend to get quite a few questions on. So one of the kind of biggest kind of questions that you'll get from people when trying to use LinkedIn is should I connect with people that I know. Uh, and you absolutely should, but you shouldn't limit your connections to just those people. Um, you are not going to meet new people and grow your professional network and learn more about other industries by sticking to just the people you know and people who are just confined in your industry. Um, it's really important to try and spread your awareness and your understanding beyond your own industry because it will help give you some insights into it that um, you may not have considered, kind of looking inside the box. And it will help you realize the ways that other industries are approaching problems and hopefully try and find some kind of transferable solution to your own. So how do you actually go about making new connections when um, you're kind of new to LinkedIn and you're wanting to add people that you don't necessarily know in person? Um, obviously some kind of personal link helps, be it that you've met at a certain event or that you've got their email address or something like that. Um, but when it comes to actually meeting new people um, on LinkedIn, there's a great, great feature called following. So you can go to someone's profile, you can follow their content without necessarily connecting with them, and then use that as an opportunity to read what they have to say, engage with their content, and to um, get yourself noticed before you then send that connection request. Um, it's a great way to try and build a bit of rapport before you send a connection request, um, especially when they have um, lots of connections and they may be quite limited in, in what they can take on. So um, the follow feature is a really great way to get involved with it. And then generally, when you do make a connection, I think it's great to also add a little note to um, what it what you do. So, um, you know, really high profile accounts who have you know tens of thousands of connections are a really great opportunity and resource for your profile to get noticed by their network. But at the same time, they will probably get hundreds and hundreds of connection requests every single day. And as a result, it's quite important to make sure that you try and stand out. So you can either stand out by doing that kind of content interaction, like I just said, and trying to make sure that they remember who you are, or you can go through the uh, note route where you leave a connection note with your request, which is, I'd actually say you should probably do both because that way you've, they've got a bit of a personal insight into why it is you're wanting to connect and you can kind of go a little bit of a, a, a two minute pitch as to, um, you know, why you, want, why you want to connect with them and why you're wanting to learn more about them and what they do and perhaps be able to ask them some questions through LinkedIn messaging as well. So absolutely engage with other people's content and make sure to personalize all your connections because um, it's a great way to help your profile stand out.
touched a little bit on what networking is and different ways that you can try it and a little bit of an application, not just to law students, but to partners as well. But at the end of the day, why should you try it and why is it something you should get involved with? Um, personally, I think that you know lawyers need a degree of confidence and communication skills in their everyday practice, whether they're speaking to clients, they're doing some kind of advocacy, or they're negotiating against other lawyers. Um, you know, those skills certainly don't go amiss in the legal field, and they probably don't go amiss in many other industries either. And networking is a great way to develop both of them. It kind of forces you to drag yourself out of your comfort zone, and it's something that you will have to contend with anyway in almost any career um, in terms of being pushed beyond what you're expected to do and, and being in that position of kind of uncomfortableness. Um, so getting used to that feeling early and to, to get give it a real try um, is a great way to prepare yourself for it and to try something different. So that's all for this episode on networking. I hope you found some actual insight into it and you enjoyed some of the tips and a little bit of insight into the different types of networking and some some great ways to go about doing it. Um, if you did enjoy the podcast, I'd really love a review either on iTunes or wherever it is you're listening. And as always, if you've got any questions, be sure to get in touch. Um, you can find me on Harry Clark Law at most social media and, and I'll be more than happy to answer any questions that you might have. I hope you really enjoyed the episode and I'll see you next week for another episode of More From Law.